All right, guys. So for this podcast, I have Mark Harley on. Um, he is a motherfucking certified badass, a fucking meme page. Um, he is a fucking gangster ass trainer. Um, oh, yeah. If you live in L.A., hit him up, by the way. Um, he'll train you guys. Um, so make sure to do that. He is an actor. Uh, and most importantly, he is a very good guy. Um, he has a good heart. And I don't know. For me personally, it irritates me with the whole little fucking reddit community bunch of fucking pussies and shit but it is what it is haters will be haters (laughs) but i i guess in in this podcast you'll you'll be able to hear a lot more about that so i hope you guys enjoy how the fuck was korean barbecue yesterday dude oh it was super awesome i've never really done it like that where you have the well, first of all, I was in Koreatown. I don't think I've had Korean barbecue in Koreatown before. Uh-huh. So that was a cool experience. And great group of people from the Fighter and the Kid podcast. Uh, Chin, Kat, Kat's boyfriend, Stevie, um, Chin's girlfriend, my wife, Luana, um, Christian, the intern, and his buddy. Um, and another guy, I believe his name is Kevin, who works in the production studio. I just met him yesterday. So... Good group of people, super fun. It's so hype in there. Like they're playing like like dance music the whole time. It's like really? you know, but yeah. maybe more like spy. Like maybe more like I didn't. Yeah. Like that, more like that kind of you know whatever. I assume it was Korean pop the whole time, even if it wasn't exactly so. But I I so much. Dude, man, was it all you can eat? Yeah, you do. It's like forty three bucks, and you do all you can eat. Fucking um, a. Fire, dude. Fire boy. Dude, how how the hell did Brendan pay if he wasn't even there? Did he give like Chin his card or what? I guess so. I guess that was the the plan. He probably trusts Chin enough, you know, that, yeah. that he can give me the old the old credit card, and it's not a big deal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a lot of fun. Oh, and the first place we went to actually was. Me and Luana are getting off the exit to go to Koreatown. So we've yeah. already driven like half an hour from the valley. And then we get this text like, uh, the place is a two-hour wait. So everyone's like going home. I'm like, what? Like we didn't even, we're in Koreatown. There's no other Korean barbecue places, right? Yeah. And uh, so we all, we rallied though. I was like, well, we're still, can we go somewhere else? Christian, the young intern, bless his little heart. Um, <laughs> he, he, he pulled it all together. But then we're outside, wait, like for a second there, I thought it wasn't going to pull through either because Luana was like, I'm so hungry. I didn't eat all day in anticipation of this. Mm. Now we're already waiting 45 minutes between like, you know, the pulling everything back together. And she was like 30 seconds away from walking away. Mm. And they said, all right, we can see you now. <laughs> oh, shit. That fucking worked out then. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. So, yeah. Good time. Had by all. Dude. Ha- oh, dude. Have you ever been to, uh, to Gen? No, I haven't. It's a it's a Korean barbecue spot. It's like twenty or twenty two bucks for people that are listening that are in LA. Um, go hit that spot. Oh, that place is fucking fire, and it's not really like a whole Gangnam style vibe. Like it has like what you were saying and shit. Like it it's lit, but it's like more like like the basic pop shit, you know. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. But that place yeah. is fucking good. Um, I, I'm now I'm interested in it because also you can kind of like eat only meat if you want to. Fucking games. Right? You, right. If you can get the rice, you can get the side dishes, but you could go in there and just gorge yourself on 
just the meat, which is great for people who lift weights. <laughs> that was that was my fat ass last week after a sesh. I went by myself. I was like, hey, yo, bitch, give me one of the fucking grills, hey, bro. You got to do what you got to do. And yeah, it ends up being a pretty good value because if you can, you know, put some food away. Yeah. What's, 22 bucks. Yeah, dude, it, it's pretty fucking solid. What, hey, what does the f- fucking future look for you? Are you going to go fly out to freaking New York next week or what's Gucci? <laughs> Nothing planned right now except the trip to Costa Rica yeah. with uh, Luana for vacation. But yeah, I just got back from shooting a couple commercials in Charlotte the day before that. I, yeah. I shot this Coors Light commercial. So King shit. I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and more more excited than that is I keep hearing people see the CDW commercial that I was in mm. because, as I think we've talked about before, that's a, a SAG union commercial. Yeah. But every time that plays, you get more money. So it's possible you make one of these union commercials and it never airs or it only airs sporadically and people don't like it and, and you don't get that much money from it. Mm. Um, but I've just heard of, you know, 30 different people telling me, oh, I saw you on this network and that network yeah. and during the uh, Olympic trials and during the NHL and the NBA and all these, you know, 10 times in a fucking row, every commercial break. So that's cool to hear. Uh, <laughs> somebody came up to me today actually at the 24 hour fitness and was like, um, it was, Hey, I met a guy once before and he just said something to me like, you look like you ate Tarzan or something like that. <laughs> like, or like, like, some joke, you know, his way of saying you look like a big Tarzan, I guess. Yeah. Now that he's like, dude, are you an actor? Like, ever since I, I saw you last time, uh, you've been all over my Instagram timeline with these ads and, yeah. and Eckridge and this and that. Uh, which is, I also found out apparently how that works is, is you do, you know, it's not so much like listening on your phone that the phone mm-hmm. does. Although I'm sure there's, you know, maybe if you have an Alexa or something like that, that is the case, but. They will triangulate who you're close to and be like, oh, your phone is near like this person's phone. You have something to do with this person or Mark Harley goes to 24 Hour Fitness, right? Because all my friends or people who follow me on Instagram get my Eckridge sausage like sponsored ad. And so your proximity to other people will also, you know, if you're around this area or you're around somebody else's phone, the phones communicate and tell, you know, each other. Because somebody, there was some example they used of like, I used my mom's toothpaste when I was at her house and all of a sudden I'm getting ads for toothpaste. I didn't say the toothpaste or so, but then somebody oh. explains, well, it's really about she orders it from Amazon. So her phone has that data saved and then it communicates with your data that you're close by or you keep coming to this house and then it right gives you an ad for that. Either way, it's still pretty creepy, but <laughs> that, that makes a shit ton of sense. Cause I've always wondered, like there's something I've looked at like I've thought about and I know consciously in my head, I'm like, I did not say this out loud. I did not Google this out. So I've like, that's where I've been confused yeah. with like certain fucking yeah. things. Like, they okay. Will, but they will nail down your habits, yeah. right? And they, they, their, their predictive algorithm is so, uh, so advanced yeah. that they know what you want before you even say it out loud. No, right? literally. Cause I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to Hawaii in like two weeks. And like, I didn't even think it right. Like I was like, I know, but I'm not, I'm going to need like some, like, um, some, uh, what the fuck are they called? Shorts for the pool or whatever, right? Like, not gym shorts. Right. And, like, literally yesterday I saw some. I was like, you sons of fucking bitches. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even get a chance to fucking think it, mm-hmm. like, actively, right. you know? So, But it could be something as much as, like, okay, you're a young male. It's summer. 
you could have put something related yeah. to vacation in, you know, yeah. like like all these little data points combined oh, to be yeah. like, you're going to do this, right? Yeah. Um, but but you're not necessarily thinking about like the clues that you're leaving to what you would want. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. But you don't have to Google directly, you know. That shit's more predictive than my fucking ex. It was some bullshit. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to breathe, man. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> so wait, you guys are still going to Costa Rica, though? Is it yes. good? Okay. Oh, right, because we talked last time. Yeah, um, yeah. I, well, I, I, since our first podcast, we started training together. Um, we've hung out a few times and uh, just generally gotten to know each other better. So, yeah, you saw we were going to go to Costa Rica, and then there was, like, a work situation there. Suddenly, like, my wife's contract got extended for this graphic design freelancing job, and she mm-hmm. was like, I can't really turn, you know, it's going to be, like, 6000 more bucks, so it's hard to turn that down. She yeah. was really unhappy about it because she really wanted to, has been wanting to go to Costa Rica for a long time and planned out everything. But then she asked like, okay, like what are the exact hours? Like thinking maybe I can pull this off and work part-time while I'm in Costa Rica. And they were like, Oh, well the first week we're like not even going to be open. The office can be closed. And then okay. after that, she's like, okay, well I'm trying to go on vacation. And they're like, Oh yeah, you can, you can like swing that or we'll like move the contract like, yeah. you know, a week. So as of now, as of this moment, we, all right <laughs> back on yeah because the last thing we talked about with or when you saw luana was her freaking out about you know not being able to to go to costa rica um i'm ambivalent towards it i could you know i, I don't like taking that long of vacations mm. you know i'm maybe like five days is good for me but mm. um just to, because you get away from your routine yeah right but apparently there are some gyms down there not too far from us so if i could even get over the course of two weeks if I could get in like four workouts, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fucking yeah. ideal, right? Yeah, couple workouts a week because you can you can maintain off that or just mm. not you know give yourself a backslide. And I'm also I think for the you know not that I go always just go ham with eating, but I'm gonna try to be like, let me see if I can not <laughs> get fat on vacation <laughs> yeah. or, or like, like you know get, get bloated or kind of like let everything go and try yeah. to kind of for the first time because it's okay to like yeah you vacation yeah. don't think about what you eat or whatever I'm gonna try to use some some tips and, and tactics that is uh, you know w- would allow me to for example like fast or maybe have that one big meal during okay. the day and not you know like only eat a couple thousand calories mm. rather than like five thousand or whatever because mm. you're gorging every single meal yeah um which i tend to do on vacation <laughs> let me ask you something really quick yeah. actually in regards to the protein intake um how yep. much how much can your body absorb i've heard mixed numbers but usually it's around like the 60 to 65 grams of protein range correct yeah well I have also heard many things over the years and I tend to not like I'll try to be as nuanced as I can as far as my understanding and Mm. also put the caveat in there that like am I super familiar with the up-to-date latest science and all every convicting viewpoint no but I know at one time I remember people were telling you you can't even absorb 30 grams at a time Mm. I think that more important like to to maximize protein absorption Mm -hmm. right like let's look at one end of the spectrum you'd almost have like a protein drip right like like steadily injected you know whatever if you're looking to get 200 grams in a day it's like you know you would break that down and have like a completely even dispersal of protein i guess that would be one extreme of that and the other extreme would be you ingest 200 grams of protein all at once Mm. um 
I don't know if there's that big of a difference between one extreme where like this would be ideal. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to think about the percentage like, okay, the, the constant drip of 200 grams of protein. If you had your clone doing that mm-hmm. and your clone eating 200 grams of protein a day, I'm going to pull a number out of my ass, but let's say there would be a 5% increase as far as the muscle mass that you gained mm-hmm. from one extreme to the most ideal to the least ideal extreme. That's my guess. But when people talk in terms of that, I don't think it like even the term absorb, it makes me think, well, what happens to the protein then? It gets to 30 grams and you just shit it out immediately. It has to go somewhere. It's just how quickly can your body digest 200 grams of protein? That will take time. Mm -hmm. But if you are eating only one um, meal a day, well, then your body has the rest of the day to digest that. But as far as like the little cycles that your body goes through in order to like use protein um, and and branch chain amino acids to build muscle at specific increments, the most important thing is that there is protein there. And I, so I, to me personally, I do not worry about like if I have 80 grams of protein or whatever, I count that towards my total and that has worked out for me. And I'm erring often on the side of eating too much. At some point in college, I was, you know, I, I bulked for football and got up to like 255. Yeah. I was eating 500 grams of protein a day. So I even remember. if you're eating, you know, eight meals a day, that's like 65 grams of protein each time every, tw- you know, and I, I don't know, like how much of that was unneeded. I obviously gained a little <laughs> bit of fat like anybody does if you're, if you're bulking. I'm sure yeah. I look fat in my face, but. Um, <laughs> never too big, you know, it's like, I never didn't have abs, but like, I'll look back at pictures of myself. I'm like, nah, yeah, I was a little, you know, yeah. a little puffy, but, um, <laughs> I would just say that's like a way down the list on the hierarchy of things that when I talk to people, most people's problem is just getting the protein, mm-hmm. whether it's in one meal, whether it's in six meals, whatever, most people just aren't eating enough protein to begin with. Okay. You know, if you really have them track their macros. And so I would say, look, first fix that and then start to worry about the the sort of spacing out of mm-hmm. that protein delivery. Yeah, right? yeah. And like people ask me about supplements. It's like, what supplement should I take? It's like, yeah. well, are you eating enough food? Yeah. You know? You got to worry about that first. Yeah. What would you rec- what would you say to those people that um, aside from getting that protein and that food intake um, other than like, let's say omega three, is there anything else that you'd recommend? Uh, what and what do you think about nitric oxide as well? Um, as like a just like vasodilator. A, yeah. Uh, not that I know too much about it, but I remember like that was a big buzzword. And again, I'm not that well versed in in, su- in legal supplements. <laughs> <laughs> kink shit. That's real kink shit, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's because, okay, well, for example, like I remember the nitric oxide was all the rage mm-hmm. um, in like the 90s. And I believe it was like billed as something that will like enhance the, the delivery of nutrients. And I assume that has something to do with, you know, vasodilation, making your actual veins mm-hmm. larger or gives you a bigger pump and stuff like that. Uh, instead of that, like I stick to like what I know for sure works, mm-hmm. which is um, Tadalafil or Cialis. So I take a small dose of Cialis every day for just general pump and also huge boners. Um, <laughs> okay, you sold me with that one. <laughs> it's, it's a double whammy. And unlike something like 
a compound like sildenafil, which is uh, the generic name for Viagra. Yeah. Sildenafil yeah. is like a few, you know, it's like it's going to be like four hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a shorter time window. And people often tend to report more like uncomfortable side effects where they get really flush and it kind of all happens at once. And Cialis is more of a, it has a longer lasting and probably less um, extreme effect on you. Like yeah. you won't notice it as much, but um, I would say it's as you'll hear this often that bodybuilders or people who lift weights use a little bit of uh, to Dalafil each day mm-hmm. to uh, help them with a the pump. And to, like, to me that like, like protein, creatine, Dalafil, uh, caffeine would be like the big supplements, yeah. you know, like, like if you're like, what's the heavy lifter in any pre-workout? I don't, I don't take any that don't have caffeine. Maybe there are good ones, but like, you know, if, if you're not taking other heavy stimulants, like caffeine is what gets you going. Mm-hmm. So just whatever is going to be the cheapest delivery mechanism for caffeine, whether that's instant coffee, whether that's green tea pills, to me, I'd rather just spend my money on that because the moment you're making like some flavored formula with all these extra things that, I don't know, maybe it's like you're getting 5% of the effect, but like to me, it's like 95% of the effect is just having a shit ton of caffeine if you want to feel amped, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you want to, you know, vacillate your veins or or dilate your veins, um, then I would use something that is, you know, medically proven to work, like sedalafil, and, and and creatine is also proven to be effective as a, a performance enhancer, you mm-hmm. know, um, in, in in sprinting contexts or weightlifting contexts. So, mm-hmm. why do people think that creatine is like a steroid for like the newbies? Why why is that? Yeah, it's. I remember when it first came out, and it was like people really. Like, I don't know what people are saying these days, but I still get questions about it. Yeah. Like, and to me, it's like, I've been taking creatine since I was like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember looking into it at the time and realizing like, oh, it's like, if you look into what it's actually doing, I think most people can tell that it's safe. I think there was this scare tactic or like anything that comes out, you know, typically just because of like whatever easy news story is available. Like, right. Do you remember when these guys, like, I think it was a couple of wrestlers who put on rubber suits and were doing the exercise bike in the sauna and passed away. Maybe it might've even been an urban legend. Who knows? It gets passed along to you. And it's like, well, these guys died who were on creatine. It's like, yeah, I shot myself in the head after I took creatine. The creatine didn't kill me. Yeah. Yeah, That makes perfect sense. Like so, the- I would, there was a few stories like that, and a few stories. Remember, I don't know if you're too young for this, but uh, ephedra was legal for a while to put in these supplements. They banned it as a supplement, but you mm. could take the original Xenadrine and Hydroxycut had ephedra. Ephedra is super effective as a stimulant, mm-hmm. and even if you take caffeine, like people would would sort of. Or they take caffeine with ephedra, and it's extreme. I mean, it's like fucking Adderall. You're, you know, as far as the yeah. um, physiological effects, you don't necessarily get the concentration or dopamine of, of Adderall. But like, oh, as far as like raising your heart rate and feeling like you're like I'm fucking, my body is ready to go. Yeah, uh, it's it's extremely effective. Now that I would be worried about if you're doing like something where you're adding a level of like you're in a sauna doing something. Sure, that will fucking mm-hmm. kill you. Um, potentially or just be really dangerous because you're raising your core temperature and you're sweating more and increasing your heart rate and all these things that are mm-hmm. um 
you know, well, I guess yeah, anything that's proven to be effective. Do you know about like super draw? The super effective anabolic steroid used to be sold as a as a pro hormone. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe know. I remember that yeah. one. This was one, and I, I think it was sold. At, I'm not sure if there was another name for it, but it's like it's a legitimate, powerful oral steroid that somehow got classified. Oh shit! Because again, if you make a new compound, it goes back. It's a supplement, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> so for a while, like you could get um, one of the most powerful anabolic oral steroids. Mm just over the counter at GNC, yeah. you know, sold as a, being sold as a pro hormone. Um, but eventually they figure out, essentially it's just a matter of figuring out that it truly works mm-hmm. and has side effects. Everything has side effects, but um, if something has like an anabolic steroid side effect, they're going to ban it. Yeah. Did you ever try the, um, the original jacked formula? No. What did it have in it? Fuck, all kinds of crazy shit. I, I just see it on all, like, these meme pages, and then, like, these kids will never fucking know, and it's, like, jacked, and it's banned, and all this. But I, I think it was, like, a crazy-ass, like, pre-workout that gave you, like, the best pump of your life. But it was, like, really yeah. horrible. <laughs> like, it fucked over so many people, from what I recall, or from what I, like, right. assume you become, and assume. Yeah, you, you, your, your tolerance to stimulants becomes yeah. really high, and then you can be depressed because if you don't have that, insane dose of stimulants you could become depressed and lethargic and not want to get out of bed i know one ingredient for example i think that used to be legal is dmaa i'm not sure exactly what supplements it was in but i bought some like just on its own like in a liquid dropper recently because i read about it as like a pre-workout stimulant and i remember taking it and it's super effective it's like you know again it's bordering sort of on these like pharmaceutical grade stimulants and I distinctly remember afterwards, my dick didn't work. I was like, holy shit. Like, I, this is yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> almost worse than that. Like, I, okay. yeah. So, and again, these, these ingredients will slip through the cracks, but this is sort of a matter of time before people realize that these are sort of chemicals that are worth monitoring and maybe not just putting willy-nilly in, you know, they have to be regulated at, at some level and not just thrown into stuff. Because there's there's no regulation over supplements. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a third-party tested thing, like that they do voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Like all UFC fighters, you, you, you're supposed to do third-party tested supplements to show that they're pure because if you're not, you're at risk of, of having some sort of contamination with a banned substance, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it's on you if you if you get something and don't see that it's third party tested well yeah, yeah you know yeah. now it's your issue yeah now you're liable for your own decisions yeah. yeah 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 i almost feel like I don't, i'm like this is kind of like a personal thing but i almost feel like you should kind of still let people be like at, responsible for their own decisions like even with banned substances but people are just so fucking stupid that we need to protect them from it you know if that makes sense yeah i think there's some look everybody's going to be using that. If you get caught, you're right. Mm. 99 times out of a hundred. I mean, TJ Dillashaw owned up to it for, as a recent example of like, yeah, I took EPO. I'm going to take this on the chin, take my suspension. I, I did it for X, Y, Z reasons because my hermatocrit was super low as I was cutting down to 125 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he owned up to it and, and admitted it, but most people will go to their grave saying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, like John Jones saying it was a dick pill, this and that, or uh, this, this woman who just got busted for, 
I believe it was Nandrolone and said that it was in a carne asada burrito mm-hmm. or like a, a pork burrito, Bruh. but then she didn't know. She's like, oh, but I, but I ordered it. Then she admitted she ordered the carne asada and like the connection was supposed to be in, a, in the pork burrito. Yeah. And then, like, so they must've switched it, but it's like the story becomes yeah. convoluted, hard to prove. Although yeah. there is, that is a real possibility that, that like meats from Mexico could have these there as any, you know, meats have steroids okay. in them. Um, when you're dealing with with cattle and certain things, so it's it's possible. Wow. And as the the testing gets more advanced, yeah. they can detect lower levels. Okay. Right. So it actually is the case sometimes. Like Nate Diaz got Diaz get busted, and wow. I believe that he was um, innocent because you can take things that have like tr- super trace elements. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately you do have to be responsible for it. I just think that there is a lot of improvements that can be made to the, yeah. to the system. And sometimes you don't always want something that's so finely calibrated that you're picking up something that wouldn't actually have a performance advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that sounds uh, freaking, what was it? Nate Diaz, I think is, is the one that you said. It sounded so freaking set, like um, sketch. It sounded like one of my friends that like, his girl found out that he had an STD and he was like, yeah, I use my homeboy's underwear. <laughs> I was like, bruh, and he was like, it was, it was like a, like a long ass fight, but like him, like he ended up, it was believable to her. I'm like, wow, she must be something wow. special, bro. I don't know. I was like, you ruthless <laughs> as fuck, dog. But yeah, man. But I mean, when I first got you on the podcast, you were, you were at about 15 K, I believe. Now you're literally double that. How does it feel? Yeah, I know for real. How does that feel? <laughs> Um, it's really cool because, you know, I don't, I never thought about like having a, a bigger following or like what, you know, investing too much time in that. It's so it's cool to be like, I'm just going on the podcast and being myself and, um, on the fighter and the kid podcast, being my spell, being myself, speaking about my interests and what the, the interesting phenomenon is, is guys who watch the fighter and the kid or see me on these, a uh, couple other podcasts I've been on. It's mostly guys mm-hmm. who are maybe more into working out or, or, or want to get into it. So there's a filtering process of like, if you're a bro, you're not probably watching the fighter and the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, you're more likely to be into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And my kind of brand of like, I work out, I don't take myself too seriously, whatnot. So I've just noticed the, the specifically the because followers is one thing. But engagement really is is the key, yeah. right? That you on, on social media at least uh, that I just get way more messages. I get more yeah. likes and comments, and and um, uh, I've also tried to be posting, you know, more more just more stuff that expresses my personality, like mm. like memes and jokes and and you know clapping back at haters and stuff like that um, for entertainment purposes. But I feel like it feels good to find an audience that uh, I think understands my personality and mm. likes me for that. Right. Yeah. That I didn't have to do some crazy gimmick in order to get attention for myself. Uh, that's, that's not actually, you know, a sincere representation of who I am. So that feels cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I've, I've been wondering, I'm like now, like I've, you've been posting like more than you have like before. Cause before it was like more memes. Now you're like clapping back at these guys. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> I'm like, how does he find the time? I'm like, you're getting close to the limit where like, 
you're gonna be like, all right, I need to like tone back because like then you're it's gonna consume your whole day, you know? Right, and I, you know, even right now I have like you know several hundred messages I have to go through, and I'm gonna try to. <laughs> Again, I, yeah, I, I knew for like whatever this window of time is, I can't always do this. Yeah. Um, and also, I will say, because a lot of people are like, man, you deal with so much hate. And it's like, no, I just like if if I see a lot of times I'll just like erase or, or block them or whatever. I'm not mm-hmm. really like I don't want to tolerate people who are coming to my page just to shit on me and say the same exact mm-hmm. things, you know, whatever other people are saying. Like if you're not it, even if it's. Like if it was original or funny or, or whatever mm-hmm. uh, other redeeming quality it might have, <laughs> I'd give some credit to it and be like, ah, oh, it's a pretty good joke. But often it's just the same things over and over again. Like mm-hmm. dudes telling me I have lip fillers or uh, attacking the most basic things that that are just not clever. It's not original. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try to use that for content. Like somebody came on and was like, today I posted some comment. Where dudes like, yeah, like, you know, Chappelle and Brendan aren't sick of the taste of your cum yet, oh, or something yeah, I saw that stupid. One. And yeah, yeah, and and they spelled Chappelle's name wrong, yeah. like C H A P L, and I just put like you know asterisk S H A P L. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody will attack me, like you're so fucking stupid, but it's Y O U R, or like uh, yeah, Y O U R, and so yeah, I just put yeah. Y O U apostrophe R A. I like doing stuff like that because it. To me, that's it's obviously funny and it's entertainment value and and, um, but also I want to show people it's okay to have fun with it. Mm. Like I, I, I am actually I'm numbed emotionally to haters because I like expect some degree of people trying to come at me, and I can just do it in my sleep. So it doesn't if you're practiced at it and you're not stressed out about it and you're not sitting there going like why are people criticizing me? Yeah, I know why they are because a certain segment of the population or, or guys specifically are going to be like. this guy exists and I don't know what to do with my Mm. feet. Like I want to not like him, even though I haven't done anything to them. Yeah. I mean, this guy and uh, you know, a certain segment of the population is going to have a distaste for me. Or if you're part of a certain group of people online who also don't like me, you're going to, you know, join in on that. But it's always going to be coming from, from someplace Mm. stupidity or, uh jealousy or wh- whether they'll admit that or not is, is really irrelevant but it's it's you can i just find that you can expose that if you engage a little bit you can expose it i've done enough of that where i kind of have proven that but it's like mm-hmm. these people are morons and very sad and also very angry while also calling me angry yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> you're no, you're triggered and you're so insecure and you're so it's like yeah i'm insecure and you're on my page dming me because yeah. you're upset at a person who you've never met who has endeavored to, you know. And you're always composed, So I like to provide that template too. for people. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, you're always composed, too, when you respond. Yeah, because you have to be. And also, it genuinely doesn't, like, it doesn't stress me out. But that's a, that's a matter of, and not just having dealt with this recently, but, like, I've, I've clapped back at trolls for many years now who come at me. And, and I'm always going to be like, no, I'm not going to fucking just let you bully me into whatever. You know, mm. if you're coming to my page to try to bully me, you talk shit about me in your own private life. I don't care. But if you're seeking my page out, like, you know, it's like defending your home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally. And um, it's always the craziest thing to me when people go down like three years down your post and then comment on something like way back when I'm like, what the fuck? Isn't that a right? It just, to me, you've already lost. If you're coming at me trying to talk 
shit about me. Mm. It just exposes the fact that you had to look through all these pictures and that got you riled up. Yeah. Right. As you looked through all these pics and picked this one and after coming to my page because you discovered me. So whatever is going on by, by admitting mm-hmm. that I've uh, had an emotional effect on you by virtue of you commenting, because you're not like coming to my page with constructive criticism about my acting or something like that. Yeah. It would be like unsolicited, but if it was good advice, I'd take it, but that's not what it is. It's mm-hmm. just you're you're trying to hurt my feelings because I hurt your feelings by existing. Mm. Oops, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is, right? For for anybody anywhere, if somebody's doing that, you know, uh, you're, you're talking to a person who is upset, mm-hmm. and whether or not you did something to upset them or not is irrelevant. They are upset at themselves mm-hmm. or the world or you for reasons they don't even understand, but. Mm-hmm. Just pointing that out, I think, is, is the victory in itself. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. And I asked you this in person as well. But uh, I just want to put it out in the podcast. Why is it that people strongly dislike you? Obviously, that stems from, um, I guess, from Brendan, I think, from the seams of it. But I don't know, like, the exact details. It's because he got, yeah, like, the, he got the, he got the like, come up, right? right? People have an irrational hatred for Brendan, first of all. Like, yeah. here's what Brendan. Having it's all, it's all failed comedians. Now. Exactly. You're not like, you know, show me show me a, a, a legitimate comedian who's criticizing Brendan publicly um, where he's at in his career and what he's done in that short amount of time oh. is nothing short of incredible. He and so and also like people will be like, oh, he's special, he's special on Showtime that he did, you know, two years oh, into yeah. comedy. And it also led to like all these other shows with Showtime and, mm-hmm. and just right. Most people don't do a special after two years in the game, but it was an opportunity that has led to some very big things. Yeah. I have now been on the road with Brendan mm-hmm. for several shows and have watched him live, you know, taking pictures for him and these things rock all sorts of sold out shows. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you should tell all the, you know, the, 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 the sold out audience at the Houston improv that Brendan Schaub isn't a good comedian. Um, yeah, right. His audience loves him. Everybody has an amazing time at the show. Um, and so aside from like the fact that, hey, if he's not for you, he's not for you. Just like any comedian, no comedian mm-hmm. is, is, is actually universally appealing. You know, there's people out there who don't think Dave Chappelle is funny. There's people out there who think, don't think, you know, Bill Burr or some of these like, mm-hmm. you know, Mount Rushmore of, of comedy people aren't funny. And that's okay. Yeah. Because all you need to do is be funny to most of the audience that you're performing to who paid tickets. Um, and then you're a success as a comedian. So he does that and more, but then, um, you know, the the other element of that is the fact that he's a good person, right? Mm-hmm. So people come at him under the premise of he's a bad person or, uh, you know, he has some sort of character flaw or he's a dick or, or this or that. I, like, none of it makes rational sense. Yeah. Because if you bet him in person, and anybody that, that works for him can attest to this, is that he's extremely generous extremely kind um and he's a great husband and father so i i liken it to that so that starting point of kind of like you know why do these people hate this guy they think they have reasons Mm -hmm. but the reasons taken out of an echo chamber of like a subreddit group Mm -hmm. actually kind of fall apart under scrutiny right because he's not a bad person and he's not a bad comedian 
He's actually a good person and a good comedian. By extension of that, the moment that I arrived on The Fighter and the Kid, Mm -hmm. instantly there was people flooding my YouTube page on eight-year-old videos, like telling me how terrible of a failed actor I am and that I'm super ugly and... And then just like verify, like that's an opinion. Okay, you think that I'm ugly and a failed actor? Great, whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, you get some indications of how much that they care for verifiable truth when they say things like, you've had lip injections and Botox. And it's like, but I haven't. So what does that say about your willingness to say things that aren't based in reality? Mm-hmm. Right? And also, what does that say about your... Um, logic and motivations behind attacking somebody um because you you by attacking me you're, you think you have a reason to do that i didn't do anything to anybody yeah it just heard me talking a podcast in a very not offensive way you know like everybody in the podcast had a great time and fans of the show had a great time so mm. it just sort of proves that sometimes people's existence the way that you look right i am tall i do look a little bit unconventional. Um, I have muscles. There's a lot of like things about me that people like, you know, they want to tear that down. Maybe they feel threatened. I don't know. Like, cause I'm not going to sit here going, everybody's jealous of me. I don't, I don't know, but I know that there's many things that like, you know, they create a target mm-hmm. and I wasn't a target when you didn't know about me, but then yeah. you perceive that I have some level of status by virtue of going on a podcast. And all of a sudden you feel like I need to be taken down a peg. But I'm not arrogant. I'm not right. I'm not mm. condescending. I'm not a dick. So you think that I'm I need to be taken down a peg, but that's just a, a misperception on your part that I think I'm better than anybody else. Right. Yeah. You know, and and people, I think, mistake that kind of thing all the time. You know, like now it could be that a beautiful woman is a bitch, but a lot of guys will project that onto. Them. Oh, she's probably a bitch. It's like, but you don't know her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but it's easy to, you know, that's a good analogy of like we project our insecurities onto other people and and use that as a reason to dislike them mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, th- I think you hit the nail on the spot i think you've said it before once at the gym when we're working out you said something along the lines of um it's how people are acting towards you it's a reflection of how they feel like with themselves right like they're they're admitting a reflection directly onto you and it's like that's saying more about who they are as a person than you because you're just an object that they're trying to take out how they feel about themselves out if that makes sense yeah yeah uh, and it's sort of a simple explanation but i do think you get to see this verified in, in some concrete ways like i think the classic example is like the anti-gay pastor who gets caught smoking meth and sucking dicks in a hotel room yeah right um that's just a more blatant example, but it's like the things that people are fixated on, like attacking Mm -hmm. um, often are the things that that are a reflection of what they don't like about themselves. And, and jealousy comes from that jealousy, you know, the the feeling of being like threatened by something else that has nothing to do with you, you know? Uh, So anyway, like, but again, that's delving into the psychology of all haters, which I think is interesting, but also sometimes people do get like, skewed as far as like the ratio of of negative mm-hmm. comments or hatred towards me a certain chunk of the population sure is always going to hate me but yeah. what it's been cool is seeing like for the most part people have been extremely positive i'm just not going to make my page about like posting positive comments i get yeah. the dms i'm not going to be like look what this person said about me look what this person yeah. said aren't i lovely i'm amazing this person loves me you know 
that would be obviously a huge circle jerk um, that I'm not going to get. And sometimes people will like send me inspirational shit. And I think I may post, you know, send me like, Hey man, you help me. Like you should call and Brandon. I get a lot of messages like this help motivate me to get back in the gym and I'm a cancer survivor or I've been through something that, that, you know, put me down and uh, whatever, something as simple as seeing a gym workout video. Mm-hmm. I never really realized, but people will be motivated by that to like get off the couch and do something, yeah. you know, when they haven't been doing that before. That's really cool. And I would say that's the vast majority of messages are stuff like that. It's just, I'm trying to make comedy out of the haters mm-hmm. to show everybody else. Like you don't have to fucking sit there and take it and let some dude bully you. You can have the last word and you can clown this dude publicly yeah. because ultimately jokes on you. You're pathetic. Honestly, that's fucking true. Speaking of motivation, that fucking clip that I think it's from Brennan. Brennan's doing vlogs now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, boy. Yeah, oh, yeah. You posted that on, uh, on your Instagram. I swear to God, I was supposed to have a rest day. And then I had the most brutal fucking leg day off a fucking 30 second clip. I was like, God damn it. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but I'm sore as fuck yeah. from that. So, but like, it's like little things like that. One of my favorite things that you post though is when people give a very, um, they, they give a very vague question, like in a good way that it can cover like a lot of people's questions that you might have in your direct messages and you answer it for them. Like, um, I, I know this isn't going to be one, but like, I guess something that you told me in particular, it's like, take care of the protein intake and the rest will take care of itself. Generally speaking. Yeah. Right. Like something yeah. like that, like posting something like that on Instagram could answer fucking hundreds, if not thousands of people's questions. And, and that's like proven most beneficial. Those are my favorite posts aside from the memes, obviously, cause the memes for sure <laughs> top tier shit right there. But yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. And, and, cause I do think there's what's interesting has been, I used to be kind of, hesitant or insecure about like putting too much fitness advice out there. Cause mm-hmm. I don't want like to frame myself as a guru or somebody who knows everything about everything and, mm-hmm. and can give you ultra specific advice. And I'm some big coach and whatever. I know some stuff. I know it's worked for me. I know it's worked for a few other people. I'm always learning. I'm always taking information, but what I've realized is most people's questions aren't that advanced. Most people, I, I forget sometimes that I've been doing this for so long and I've had mm-hmm. the benefit of literally years of experimenting with different kinds of work working out like different, different, um, you know, resistance training models, different kinds of workouts altogether, like swimming or running, um, different sports, et cetera. So I've done so many different kinds of things athletically that I forget sometimes that many people can make it to adulthood and never have done competitive athletics or never been in a gym or like been in a gym properly to push themselves and, and, or, or even like counted calories or, or thought in terms of, making a diet um, adjustment that's going to help them hit their goals and sort of like even being conscious about their diet rather than just like eating what they've already eaten and what they like or eating different things every day or going out to eat and just having no concept of, of calories and protein. So the vast majority of these questions is like breaking down the basics, which, you know, it's like, oh, right. I, yeah, you forget. You fucking idiot. Like most people don't know how much 200 grams of protein is or how you could get that or how you can make that easier or, you know, how to space it out. Um, so I, I appreciate you that you bring that up because yes, most questions are like that, mm-hmm. you know, like what should I do for diet? And then I can just ask like, okay, you weigh 180. Are you getting 180 grams of protein? Mm-hmm. No. How many times you're working out? Oh, I've never done weights. Okay, great. We can work with that. Yeah. Start here and get to the gym. Yeah. Right. 
And, and so, this might be very basic, uh, like extremely fucking basic. But for the people that okay. are, for the people that aren't really, um, I guess this isn't for you. It's more for like the people that are listening. But it's like for the people that don't feel like they're progressing. Once you take care of the water, the sleep, and the protein, and obviously the calories, this is something because yeah. I've been working out for like a hot minute. But I've obviously stalled on my own gains. If you don't know mm-hmm. how to train, learn how to train and. If you live in LA, hit up Mark, and if not, like literally hit up uh-huh. anybody else. Like you don't understand how beneficial it is, and how much like further I've like seen even myself progress. Like over the span of like what a month, two months versus like a year on my own. Like I like I was doing like certain things well. Like I, I've been progressing, but it wasn't at the most efficient pace. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah we get a lot because when, when you and I train, I do. We get a hard workout in, but a lot of it is you asking questions about technique. Yeah. And so we can like, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that in the process of me showing you the technique, we're actually mm-hmm. using weights that you can handle and still pushing uh, a certain intensity level. Mm-hmm. So that's also been interesting as to like, I, I we do both work um, and form work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you've picked up a lot and, and I'll try to go beyond like, all right, the machines you know how to use. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do a couple tweaks like we did the row machine the other day. And it was like, Dude, that was great. Was heavy you can go on it because you had a, like in your head, you're like, oh, I can only do two plates. And we went up to what, four, <laughs> um, you know, on this, yeah. on the hammer row machine. So sometimes people, I sense that, oh, you people don't like, you haven't seen anybody do four yeah. plates on the hammer row. So why would you be able to? But then yeah. when you really put it on there and, and go through the range of motion, like, oh, I can handle this. So that's one key is like, mm-hmm. sometimes people don't get, um, how much they can actually handle. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes people are doing too much. Like you're putting too much on the squat and not going down far enough. And I'd, I'd be like, all right, instead of 315, let's put on, you know, 225 on the squat and just mm-hmm. go all the way down or use a pause at the bottom or something like that. There is a lot you can do in person. And that would be kind of the final thing of like, if you have all these other things in, in um, taken care of, you are getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. you're getting enough food and your training schedule is proper mm-hmm. and you're still not getting results. Then I would have to sort of examine your intensity level and your form and your rest intervals mm-hmm. during a workout because those also do need to be precise. And there's a lot of great use, you know, if you can't train with me, obviously there's great resources online. Um, Jeff Nippard, uh, a Renaissance periodization with Mike Isretel, Greg Doucette, um, Kino Body, Greg, Greg O'Gallagher, um, who I actually just started talking to the other day, that was really cool. He saw that I was wearing one of his, his Kino body shirts and he hit me up. Um, but yeah, this is the guy who also like, you know, preaches minimalism. He has great results for people. He, he uses a flexible dieting model and um, right. Sticks to the basics. Like we have been where it's like, yeah, master the barbell row, master the bench press and the incline and uh, you know, heavy dips, weighted pull-ups like yeah. I had you doing the other day. And you can, you can progress a tremendous amount just doing those heavy compound basic lifts correctly and at the right frequency mm-hmm. so and then for um this kind of like transitions to when you're doing like isolation workouts and obviously most people already know this but people that are idiots like me sorry but we're idiots. <laughs> but when when you focus on learning how to do the um the compounds properly that transitions to the isolating yeah you know exactly how that feels um, when right. you're, when you're doing it, you internalize how it should be. And I'm like that, I think that's one of been like the most like important things for me. I'm like, fuck, I should have just fucking gotten a trainer like way back when, but, but it was like the yeah. whole concept of money. Like, Oh, th- I don't want to pay 300, 400, 500 bucks. I could just do it. Yeah. All it own. is very expensive yeah. and not all trainers are equal. Yeah. Right. 
because maybe not all trainers are going to be as focused on form or as knowledgeable. I know so much more now than I knew proper form back when I first started training when I was like 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have a whole bag of tricks and cues and, and my ability mm-hmm. to communicate with people um, both how to do the lift right and the importance of doing it a certain way. And also when it's okay to break that form and use a little momentum on certain lifts, like mm-hmm. we talked about, like with the, you know, the upright oh, rows. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing, if I'm doing strict rows, you yeah. know, I'm using this weight. If yeah. I'm doing a little momentum, I'm using much more, but it's in this range of motion. And yeah, and, and yeah like, like the wrist thing, that's, that can be very <laughs> difficult. Right. Yeah. And, and the listeners we are referring to, us uh, trying to get you to do an upright row and you wanted to sort of lead with your wrist <laughs> and you were getting your wrist above the elbow, which is not, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not always obvious. You can yeah. even see it. And, and if you don't really focus on the cue of lift from your elbows mm-hmm. and let your wrist hang, it's going to change the nature of the movement and the muscles that you're hitting. And so that took a few minutes, but it's okay because everybody has stuff like that. We're just, it doesn't click immediately. And I'm always tinkering on my squats and my deadlift, everything I'm always tinkering on to do it better because mm. you can have a, an expert explain something to you, but if their wording or their method of communicating that form doesn't click with you, mm. it's not going to change how you do it. You're not going to fully understand. So that's why I'm always trying to watch different, different people on different channels explain the same lifts, mm-hmm. you know, watch five different lifts on a deadlift and maybe one of those uh, YouTube channels will have something on there that clicks with you. Like, Oh, right. Yeah. Hmm. You know, just the way that they phrase it. Um, and so I, I always find that, you know, I'll watch a bunch and something will click. So hmm. if you don't have a trainer, you can do so much on YouTube. Just make sure you, you know, have a sort of variety of really good sources. Mm-hmm. And you do yeah. an extremely fucking good job of keeping it simple or, or minimalistic. That's like my kind of style. Cause I'm like, I got the brain of a fucking third grader. So it's like, you you help out so fucking much like it's like certain little things like you don't make it like super like too professional because you know how some people are like have like a stick up their ass so they don't want to explain things a certain way i'm like you keep it like relax you keep it yourself you keep it your own style and that's different from so many fucking people because i have a hard time resonating with people because so many people are like putting on the whole corporate facade or they want to be a certain way and i'm like one way to explain something and Maybe they're regurgitating that from somebody else. And mm-hmm. and my whole thing is like, I've been around and tried and, and experimented with different ways of doing things or, or have my own, like, again, uh, communication bag of tricks mm-hmm. where I, I can tell you what I'm thinking about. And sometimes if you're, if you're not getting it, I'll be like, step away from the bar. Let me just do it. And then I'm going to like talk myself through it out loud. Like what mm-hmm. I think about when I'm doing this mm-hmm. so you can watch and listen, um, but all that matters is mm. at the end of the day that, that you get it right. And I'm not prioritizing like you need to have an anterior pelvic tilt and an internal yeah. shoulder rotation. If that doesn't mean anything to you, yeah. it doesn't, I might as well be speaking Chinese. Yeah. Right? So you have to use different cues that the individual that you're with will go, Oh, right. Mm. It should feel like this. Mm. You know? Um, and, and, and there's more than one way to, to skin that cat. And if you're, as you're saying, if you're stuck on, creating a certain persona based on only using sort of, you know, scientific jargon or, mm. or you know, anatomical jargon, then um, you're going to lose a lot of people, right? Yeah. 
I'm like, so. dude, I don't know what, like, I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm too much of an idiot. I barely even know what the fuck <laughs> angle is. I was going to try to say, like, a specific bone. I'm like, bitch, I don't even fucking know. <laughs> you know, some bullshit muscle that, like, I don't know. I have no yeah, fucking yeah, idea. Yeah. And I should explain, like, if I'm having you do certain things, I try to explain, like, hey, the reason why, you know, so one thing mm-hmm. with you, for example, when we're doing deads or rows, you want to have your feet out wide. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to explain to you, like, this is actually you know, a more athletic position to start something from. Even though yeah. you feel like your power is out here, you can see how you're just a, a stronger structure mm-hmm. if you bring your feet in for balance and your, you know, the weight is evenly distributed over your foot, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to make that click and explain like, it's not just arbitrary. I'm not just telling, telling you to bring your feet in because it looks yeah. nice. You know, there's a reason for that. Or even just, just so your your hands have a place to go outside mm. your feet, right? Because if your feet are too wide, then, like, your hands have to go wider or they're blocked by your, you know, your feet and your knees, so. And uh, one huge thing that, I, that I'm, I, I've been liking fitness even more in particular is because it's, if you allow it to, you can improve not only in fitness, but in so many other aspects of your life in regards to letting down your ego, like we spoke last time, like putting down your pride learning to keep that open mind because if you don't keep that open mind when are you going to be able to progress how and that's going to apply to every single thing in your life when are you going to be able to think of anything else you know right there's so many things about a lifting session or like a a you know a mesocycle of several weeks of lifting sessions um that are microcosms for life or like have the ability to, to teach you life lessons such as Failure. We always talk about failure in lift. Go to failure. Yeah. And what does that mean? You're going to fail. You're going to sometimes not hit as many reps as you want. So that's one thing is like accept the fact that some days maybe you're having an off day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to PR every time. You're not going to get the number of reps or you're not going to get that that one rep max at, mm-hmm. you know, you wanted to hit three plates on bench. And that isn't happening right now. Yeah. But that's okay. You you take that and you accept it and, and you take some weight off the bar. And like essentially humble yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing would be just the basic element of discipline. If you can get up and put yourself through a hard, strenuous weight workout, guess what? You can you can sit down at the computer and, and force yourself to to knock out you know a business proposal or something else that you're like, I know this is easier, yeah. and I'm just proposing. I have to I have to treat it the same way as I treat my my workouts. Or you start to see that, like for example, the habit of of fitness rather than any one individual killer workout, you know, like, oh, can this, this this killer chest workout. I don't give a fuck about a killer chest workout. I give a fuck about somebody who's consistently hitting chest for a year, you know, mm-hmm. with, um, you know, 80% intensity, even rather than like, oh, I did 100%, 110%, killed myself. My pecs are so sore. I couldn't fucking move my arm for two weeks. And how long is that going to last, yeah. you know? There, there comes a point where you're not going to like that anymore because you keep feeling you have to push yourself to some extreme or whatever. And that's just for some people. Some people like sort of glorify this idea of like, you know, creating like excessive soreness or just going over the top or fucking doing legs till you puke. And it's like, maybe that's good to like experience that once, you know, yeah. to understand. Yeah, you can push yourself super fucking hard. But with regards to weight, I just, weights, I just think it's not necessary. And also like, you have to be thinking long-term. You don't develop a shit ton of muscle overnight, even on steroids, you know, mm. um, you, you have to be in it for the long term and think about how, you know, in the next five years, how can I get the most amount of workouts possible and the least amount of 
time off because I'm depressed or lazy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's going to yield the best results. Not like what pre-workout do I use? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You made a really good point when we worked out last time as well that like stuck with me. Cause I'm like, like, I guess uh, before I had been like overlooking the small progress. Right. And now I'm learning yeah. to appreciate it, especially cause you phrase it this way. If you're consistent with it for a whole year, those extra two and a half pounds for each session, um, obviously with given rest, is going to be what? What did you say? Like 120, 130 pounds, like on shoulder yeah, press? Yeah, you could like, do the math. Even, yeah. Look, even if you went up one single pound on your bench press, yeah. that's 52 pounds in a year. Yeah. Or even take take a two-week vacation and you did 50. Yeah. You know how fucking much 50 pounds on your bench press is? Yeah. You know, going 200 to 250, 250 to 300, 350 to 400, whatever it is. Those are massive increases. And that's, you know, you could put half pound plates. Like you could be doing the same weight. It would almost yeah. feel the same if you're working out properly and you just put half pound weights on each side mm-hmm. each time you went to the gym, right? Because normally people get like, you can't always add five pounds to your compound lifts, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you can find these little incremental improvements, like one rep, count your reps. Mm-hmm. Um like I've showed you how to do like the rest pause or the reverse pyramids where you're kind of like, you're more mindful of like, I should be hitting this many reps, then take this much weight off and do this many reps, then take this 15%, you know, off and, and hit this many reps. Or if you're doing a, a rest pause style, like I might go like, you know, I first said I hit 11 reps on incline bench to failure. I take 15 deep breaths, which should be about 40 seconds. And then I hit, you know, um, six or seven reps to failure. And then I take, those 15 deep breaths or 40 seconds again and hit about three to four reps. You, you, you know how that is. And if you can, the next time you record that and the next time you can beat yourself by one rep, guess what? You got stronger. Yeah. You may not see it. You may not realize it in any other way, but the fact is your performance increased. And if you can do that, you know, like even like, look at, look at, you know, if you're trying to hit reps on 225, if you started at 10 and increased, one rep a month for a year, mm-hmm. you would go from 10 reps at 225 to 22 reps at 225, mm-hmm. which is a huge increase, you know, Damn. and that's just one rep a month. Yeah. Right? Damn, um, son, that's crazy now that I think about it like that too. Yeah, and that's that's basically a difference between somebody who's repping 280, 295 mm. roughly or like high 300s, mm-hmm. you know. Shit, man. Oh, fuck it. Hey, man, you fucking hitting that motherfucker on the fucking <laughs> nail, son. You're like, get yeah. out the goddamn bed. You know what's funny? Yeah. You know, so, so be be okay with that. Like, don't be frustrated that you can't put five pounds on your bench every week. Because if you did put five pounds on your bench every week, you think in a year you're going to go from benching 250 to 500? Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. That would yeah. be five pounds a week, mm-hmm. right? You can't do that. Yeah. Sometimes you can, especially when you start, but it's going to trail off. Um, so you have to be happy with that one rep, that one pound, that, that tiny little improvement week to week. Yeah. I dude, No. Yeah. I I appreciate you sharing this advice with everyone else and with me as well, of course. And one other thing that I want to give out to other people as well, that maybe if it helps out one person or, or two, um, what's helped for me in regards to tracking my calories and all that bullshit. I track it on a weekly basis as opposed to daily. That's been so fucking like, that's helped out so yeah. much too. Cause I'm a fat shit. <laughs> weekly oh go ahead yeah oh i was like uh because i'll usually eat in a surplus like but then i'll do like two like hardcore cardio sessions and i'm good that's it like just quality over yeah. quantity you know 
Yeah, right. So, yeah, what, what, what I've found that a lot of people respond to, now some people are really good at like eating the same thing every day and mm. sticking to a diet and you don't have to tell them twice and they're just going to like eat everything that they're supposed to, mm. right? And, and maybe they're, they've never struggled with binge eating or they don't have a sweet tooth or, you know, they just don't have any sort of propensity to, to overeat or undereat, you know? Um, cause some people, it's the opposite problem where they just, they, they skip meals cause they're just not hungry and they don't want to eat. Um, both of those things can be sort of rectified for some people. If you look at your diet more in a bigger picture, weekly caloric total, if you're eating 3000 calories a day, you have a 21,000 calorie budget for the week. Mm-hmm. If, if one day you don't, if you, if you eat more like 3,500, don't throw out your diet and go, ah, fuck it. I already cheated. I'm going to eat 3000 more calories. Right. Because that's your mindset. Yeah. And, and I've many times before you're trying to diet and you're like, Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing strict. I'm eating exactly what I planned that my, you know, I had a friend who made a diet for me one time. It was like super like down to the fucking just tea and it was super effective. Yeah. But if I, if I fucked up a day, I'd be like, all right, fucking I'm binging for the weekend. Yeah. And it go way off the rails. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, a more effective way would have been like, all right, okay, okay. You had a fucking, you know, you had some cake, whatever. Let's just be honest and go to the MyFitnessPal and see how many, okay, that was, all right, I ate 800 extra calories. Mm-hmm. So I had my re- regular food plus 800, so that's 3,800. Let me borrow that from the next day and I'm going to eat 2,200 next day. Then you're back at even, Yeah. right? Yeah. Or you, you want to eat more calories if you're, you know, you're averaging 21,000 a week. Maybe you want to eat a little bit more and then fast one day, you know, you could add a few hundred calories uh, a day and just take a day to fast. So it allows more flexibility and allows you to not feel like all is lost mm. because you fucked up on one meal. Or one yeah. Day. And that's the easiest yeah. way to do it. Just um, be it in a deficit. I like to burn it out personally because I don't know. I, I just feel better personally whenever I do like some. Yeah, a lot of people do like to eat a little bit more and then just do more movement, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, but that's me personally. Like I said, like you were saying, I was, you don't even have to do cardio. Just be in that deficit or swap it out for the following day. If you have the willpower yeah. to, if not, make it work one way or another. No fucking excuses. That's the main thing. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. But you, it's either way. It's a good way. How, how are you going to burn all that off? It's yeah. like, we well, don't have to burn it off. You yeah. could just not be a fat ass the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? or, or fat. There's nothing wrong with fasting for 24 yeah. hours. And I think most people would be surprised at, like, if you can get past those, like, first couple meals and mm. being like, Oh, my body's telling me I'm supposed to eat right now, but I don't like, you kind of actually, it get, becomes easier as the day progresses rather than, yeah. you know, yeah. um, shit, so. man. Yeah, no, that's, that's solid fucking advice. And I hope people will take this to heart. And, uh, I guess there's one thing I wanted to end it on a note with, and I kind of want to hear your feedback on this. So these are mm-hmm. two tweets that I say that I wanted to repeat. I was going to say it earlier, but I was like, I'll just save it for the end. Um, yeah. so I'll, I'll read it off right now. So, it takes conscious effort to at first identify the delusions and then detach from them. Most people would never agree to spend this much energy in their pursuit of truth, hence live their whole comfort of their lives in, uh, in the comfort of lie, only to regret their actions in the end. And and this is like more of like a deeper quote, like towards like the people genuinely hating, like you, you do need to do some realization into your own reality personally. And I think that's solid. And then there's one more. Um, there's... The subconscious is the deepest well. We pull meaning from the darkness. So figure out your darkness within yourself. But in order to find that, you have to look. That's that's what I believe. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess I want to hear your feedback on that. Yeah. I, well, those are two really good quotes that I find a lot of 
um, power and meaning in the the first one. I think is a great mindset for everyone mm -hmm. because the ego is always going to want to delude you. Um, like we're we're our brains will trick us mm -hmm. into believing more comfortable thoughts, ignoring harsher truths, and being less self-aware than we could be because in a sense, it's a survival mechanism, wow. right? So I'm always kind of like every day, like I told you about, like I'm always like trying to have the mind of a beginner when it comes to learning things like squat, deadlift, bench, Olympic lifting, these things that I can do okay, mm -hmm. but I know I haven't mastered them. And you have to like keep the mind of going, I feel like I can do them good, but mm -hmm. am I missing something? The same uh, is true for self-delusion. Every human on earth is susceptible to self-delusion, mm -hmm. right? Because of our egos, because of our, look, it's a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we like, we're filtering out certain things because we couldn't survive knowing every bad thing that people think about us or every critique that you could possibly have about yeah. yourself. But, you know, there is a balance where, you want to know certain things. You want to know how others perceive you and that, that like, like, honestly, mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I know a lot of people like <laughs> say they perceive me in this way, you know, like they say that they think they have lip injections. I don't even believe that somehow, you know, it's like, I know yeah. that's coming from a place of like, you feel the need to like exaggerate or lie to attack me. But mm -hmm. in order to, to understand how a general population who's not antagonistic towards you just perceives you honestly, mm -hmm. that requires you to detach from your own ego and imagine seeing yourself from a different perspective, which is difficult because, you know, looking in the mirror, not for your best qualities. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not going to post like all the big DMs that like people <laughs> say, You're great. I'm, like, I'm yeah. so great. Like, you know, yeah. I invite it. Like if there's a legitimate critique, of, a critique of, of, you know, what I'm doing, I invite it for my friends and my enemies. Let me have it. And I do remain open-minded enough to always be questioning, like, is my concept of myself and what I'm doing grounded in reality? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't so much care what haters think about me because they have an agenda to exaggerate and lie. Mm -hmm. and, and also then on the other side of the token, people who are really enamored with me are going to bullshit me too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. if you have an agenda to like get closer to me as a man or a woman, you're also going to see me through rose colored glasses. I'm interested in the reality and mm -hmm. that can be tough to reckon with. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily comfortable just like lifting weights isn't comfortable, just like anything that benefits you, you know, dieting, eating healthy, um, you know, growing as a human is not comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a it's like a day to day thing that you can never think that, oh, I, I see myself clearly and that'll never change. Yeah, there's a big part of our brain that's always going to be devoted to shielding ourselves, yeah. you know from some element of the truth about ourselves. Yeah. And I just think it suits you ultimately in the long run to be as grounded in reality about your own self. Because if you're not grounded in reality with your own self-perception, you cannot see the world mm -hmm. clearly or accurately, right? So mm -hmm. that's the, the trouble with people who have egos that are out of control and have ego issues is they don't understand themselves um, clearly you know, or, or in an unclouded fashion. Therefore, their perspective of the world is clouded and inaccurate 
and out of touch with reality, but they don't know that either, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why you get people who are like complete assholes and they'll be like, well, I'm just being honest. It's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you're being a dick because you're not, you don't understand that like this person made you jealous and you're taking it out on that person. Yeah. And like, you don't have the, um, the emotional maturity or self-awareness to realize like this chain of events leading to you spewing negativity and hatred into the world is all because of your inability to essentially look at your own emotions, you know? Um, I said that perfectly. <laughs> and then the, the second thing is about the darkness. I do think, cause again, it's, it's an uncomfortable place, mm. you know, to, to examine your own dark qualities and also to like, you know, in order to survive in the world, like you have to sometimes be open. I think we've talked about like maybe sociopaths before or mm-hmm, like, nice. um, you know, these, the red flags, it's like, sometimes you see things that like are signs of darkness or signs of ill intent or are signs of danger that again, part of your brain is going to make, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Cause our brains don't want to worry ideally. Yeah. Right. We want to, you know, if, if we don't enjoy worrying um, and we're not super neurotic, that's not a natural state for us to be in. And we want to avoid that if possible, but to confront, you know, the realities that yes, there, there are forces of, of dark and evil in the world and we can't be blind to it. We have to, you know, be vigilant um, about the world. And then it also starts with yourself too, because you can be a force of darkness if you don't have your ego in check and you don't constantly self-examine and really think about, you know, am I hurting the world or, you know, this person or this situation or myself even, you know, that requires confronting the darkness. And again, it all can be sort of uncomfortable, but you got to get familiar with it. That's part of adulthood. (laughs) <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And and I can't even say like, I myself have per, like removed it entirely. So, but I do know that like, whenever I, I, I notice something along those lines, like I step back, I take, I, I take a step back and then observe myself. And like, like you were saying, it, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to do it because that's an attack on yourself. It's an attack on your ego. It's yeah. an attack on your pride, but you need to do that. And even, even if ideally you can't do it in the exact moment, if you can do it in five minutes, 10 minutes, ideally not like not too long hopefully not later than like fucking a year (laughs) you know like probably the next day like worst case but like you need you need to step back and actually realize what's what's going on and uh yeah man that's a tough thing to do so like i said i mean the reason why i even say these things as well in particular because it's easy to like uh laugh and just dismiss like the quote-unquote haters right it's so fucking easy to do that but at the same time like like from the bottom of my heart, like I genuinely, if you're somebody that's displayed and expressed negativity, it's like, it's, it's best to check yourself and see where that's coming from because that's right. not a life to live either. I believe. Right. And so, and part of like the, you know, the other, like the joke that I even started of, of the haters will say thing, it's kind of like yeah. a joke of like somebody who like is kind of a genuine douche or asshole yeah. and thinks that any is just hate so that's like another yeah. side of it is like yeah well you're just a hater you know yeah. it's like a joke on somebody who thinks everybody's a hater yeah. when they're pointing out the reality because that's their way of deflecting legitimate criticism is to just label everyone as a hater yeah. you know um so you have to be aware of that you know of labeling people as haters yeah. when they're actually trying to help you you know my mom's such a hater that's why I think <laughs> <don't>, you know <laughs> like the cash me outside girl yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly um you know, but but also if you are the person who just seems to constantly, you know, feel the need to express 
unnecessary negativity (laughs) to strangers, you know, maybe there's something else going on that you should address within yourself. Yeah, and usually it doesn't just ooze to you. Usually that applies to everyone in their life. Not yeah. Usually not family or friends, obviously, because they don't even have the balls to do that, but to other people. And, and either way, that's it's like it goes along to the saying of like you are who you hang out with the same thing with your thoughts you are what your thoughts are whatever you're displaying you will become and that's a corrupt spot to be right. and that's what i believe yeah yeah I, I agree too and you know it's somebody so funny a hater actually recently like i i posted one of their things because they were like like part of the i forget what this you know i get so many of these um <laughs> part of the comment was like what's more pretentious than a fucking LA actor who like he didn't he change his name from Forbes to Harley. What a pretentious douchebag. And I'm like, I just corrected. And I'm like, no, actually my name is Harley. Like whatever. Yeah. There is something else to it, but like I tagged him. So like, now I'm like, when you tag somebody in a story post, it goes through their mm. DMs. And then he like basically apologized in the DMs. He's oh, like, really? you know what? I've been thinking about it. And like, I want to, I want to apologize. Like I was, I just find like, I find Brendan sort of irritating and like, like you're associated with him. And like, I was just being a dick online and like, I realized that I need to stop. It was like a whole thing where I'm like, whoa, that's, you know, but I had to applaud him and be like, that's really cool because most people don't have the maturity and wherewithal to both consciously realize and then admit it to themselves. Cause you can like have glimpses of like, I know I'm doing this and then just be like, shove that down. I know I'm, I'm justified in doing this. He fully like had a confession towards me, you know? And, and I know that, this would be the case with other people if they if they gained more maturity or maybe they're a little bit smarter or whatever. But it's like you just saw this insight into like, yes, hopefully there's a moment where you go, what am I doing? Like, I don't need to do this. This isn't this isn't good for me. It's not good for anybody. And um, I'm going to consciously like he used some phrase like I'm going to consciously try to stop being a cunt online or something like that. It was like, you know, mm. cool, man. I wish you the best genuinely and vice versa. Um, but it was an interesting little insight into like somebody who actually reflected on that mm-hmm. and asked themselves, why do I feel the need to to do this? Yeah. It's irrational. And I'm going to stop and I'm going to apologize and I'm going to, you know, make amends and then move on and, and, and try to be better in the future. That's all you can ask for. You know? And I give you props for not just shoving that down either and actually like commending him for that because 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 yeah. if it. If he were to give that aside, it could have been easy to just like been like "fuck you," you know. Right? Yeah. Part of your, like so part of my instinct, some people come to me like that, and part of your first instinct is like, "bitch, fuck you." It's too late. Yeah. yeah. You know. I, yeah. You know, like you, you, you like you cross me once, and and you do have that side of yourself that feels like merciless. But yeah. um, luckily, I can look at that and go, "Yeah, it was never personal." Mm-hmm. You know, this is about what's going on inside your head and something that you had to work through and you are trying to work through that. And all I can do is applaud you and, and encourage you and hope that other people in your circle do the same, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, man. So. I mean, I think it's crazy. And then I guess I'll end it on this note too. Uh, I'm going to be a hater towards the hater right now. Cause like I said, I'm not perfect, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there was this one thing on the fucking, uh, on the, the fighter and the kid that you, that you, uh, you commented on this one guy. What was it? It was, um, uh, you like you guys were reading like one of his messages or something like that and and you were like what the fuck are you you were like yeah and this guy's a fucking model compared to the rest of them <laughs> it's true anytime they have a public profile it's like and people were criticizing me for making fun of people's looks but i'm like no no, no. Yeah. what i said was people who come online to criticize my appearance yeah. 
if I were to turn the same critical lens towards their appearance, they don't do so well under scrutiny. And that's only the people who have public profiles, but you see, it's like, we're not dealing with male models here. You know, (laughs) male models are the people who are coming to my page and telling me I look ugly. It's often people who obviously think of themselves as ugly or the world has told them that they're ugly. And it's just more evidence of this phenomenon of psychological projection. That's a very simplistic, but accurate uh, lens through which to interpret this kind of behavior. Mm. People have issues with themselves and rather than processing that and looking into the darkness yeah. of why it hurts them so much or, or working on themselves to the point where they don't give a fuck if people think they're ugly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's easier. It's a shortcut to like, you know, rather yeah. than digest the food, I'm going to throw it up on everybody, you yeah. know? So, Dude, you know, there was this there was this bigger model that weighed 420 pounds, right? She got down to 160 over like, I think, a year and a half or two years. And I guess like the people that like were her fans are like, like bigger people, I guess, to put it like whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. When she got down to that weight, they people they were telling her. her to kill herself. They were telling you're fucking disgrace. I was like, huh? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's all too common because it's like those people's egos out of check because they're trying to control somebody else rather than yeah. say, did that make you happy? Yeah. Are you an autonomous person who can do whatever they want? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Do whatever you want. They're going, yeah. I need you to be fat for my own perception of myself and to keep my worldview about what's right and wrong intact. And you went to the other side because I think fat people and skinny people are in a war against each other. It's like, what? You know, yeah. <laughs> but the sensitive thought process, right. Mm. Of, of why you would hate somebody, you know, you supported them for being like themselves and being comfortable in their own body. But then mm. when their body changed, now they, you know, you're not comfortable with that. And you're telling yeah. them that it's not, it's it's, it's it's a crazy fucking world we're in, man. I don't know. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time. Um, and then for the people listening again, check yourself. Be happy. Positive thoughts. Let's fucking cast away the bullshit. I know nobody is, but if there's one or two people that will potentially take this, even better, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. If one person uh, can glean anything from this and, and do more self-reflection or pass that message on to somebody else, mm-hmm. uh, then it's a win. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, we'll get into session this week if you have time. Yeah. All right. Peace, brother. You're-